Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Lost Girls in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. COVID-19 continues to plague everyone. Uh, So, you know, all movies are pretty much done in theaters. And uh, the new ones that are coming out are all going to be on streaming services, Disney Plus or Amazon or Netflix. And so the vast majority of, of any review episodes and statistics episodes that I do will be based on movies of those movies um, as best as I can. Uh, there's a possibility that we go down to like two episodes a week for the future, um, maybe in April, depending on, you know, if I'm looking ahead and able to see like, well, do I have enough material to even do three episodes a week anymore? Maybe I don't, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Everyone's kind of dealing with it and it's, it's not going to be over anytime soon. Uh, as far as I can tell, it looks like this is going if if proper precautions are taking it taken it seems like this is going to be something that we're dealing with for quite some time and it it you know we 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 can only do so much at the moment and you know no one no one's planning for this type of a pandemic anywhere and so it it could be a long time before things get back to normal and whether that means it'll take as long for movies to come out in theaters, whether that means uh, movies will really start shifting over to streaming services, releasing uh, on Amazon for a premium or something to that effect, uh, is, is unclear. You know, uh, the first movie to really make that choice is uh, Trolls World Tour. It is going to be released on streaming platforms uh, the same day it was supposed to come out in theaters. That's April 10th. And we're going to see. You know, if, if it becomes, uh, if it sets a trend or if it's an outlier. Uh, movies all the way through to, you know, June are being pushed back. And I think it's going to keep happening further and further down the line. Uh, so, you know, this is this is a new territory for, for so many things, so many places, so many people. And uh, we're still, you know, right on the tip of the iceberg. That said... Uh, today's episode is going to be about a Netflix film. We're going to be talking Lost Girls. If you haven't heard of this movie, it is fairly recent. Uh, it came out last Friday on Netflix. Uh, it premiered at Sundance Film Festival earlier this year. It stars the wonderful talents of Amy Ryan, Thomas and McKenzie, Lola Kirk, Gabriel Byrne, Una Lawrence, Dean Winters, Molly Brown, and Kevin Corrigan, among others. And it is directed by Liz Garbus. I've only seen one other of her films, and that is What Happened, Miss Simone, a documentary based on Nina Simone, uh, which I thought was fine. Uh, I wasn't particularly, I didn't lean one way or the other about it. Uh, Lost Girls is one of her first, if not her first, uh, I believe, yeah, it is her first uh, narrative feature film. It is based on a true event. Uh, so this was a nice transition for her. She's got a lot of experience doing documentaries, like over a dozen of them listed on Letterboxd. And, uh, she, you know, gets to 
you know, take the reins and, and kind of do whatever she needs to in Lost Girls. It is written by Michael Werwe, who, I might be pronouncing that wrong, but he was the writer on Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, which came out last year on Netflix uh, about Ted Bundy, starring Zac Efron, which I thought was okay. Uh, the writing, uh, you know, it wasn't notable enough that I, I would have been concerned or excited uh, either way. Lost Girls follows a disappearance. Uh, Amy Ryan plays the mother of a girl who is who disappears. And uh, the kind of thrusting action of the movie is that the cops aren't doing enough. They are aware of the disappearance. They're aware of, that she's missing. Uh, Amy Ryan is in contact with them constantly throughout the movie. And at every turn, it seems like the police are just you know, content with the information they have or moving at such a slow pace that answers are being found faster by Amy Ryan herself. And that's got to be frustrating. You know, you, you, you can only, you can only do so much as yourself and you expect that people who have a team, people who have the resources put in place that are supposed to be, you know, finding missing people, tracking and down and solving mysteries, uh, uh, writing wrongs, uh, catching criminals, etc. You would expect people like that to have more resources and a better capacity to um, solve these issues, to to bring truth and light onto uh, the unknown. And uh, I'm I'm not you know I'm not really familiar with this true story. I didn't follow it at all when it was happening, and I don't think I even knew about it when it was happening. But if there, I guess the, the the idea is that if they're not um, capable, if if one woman, uh, of, of course a determined woman and, and someone directly related to a victim, uh, is able to outman uh, the entire police force, uh, something is wrong. And... That is an angle the film could have chosen to take, and I think it, it peppers that aspect into the movie here and there, and, and you know because of how often it happens, it's obviously something they can't overlook. But the movie actually takes a step back and approaches things from a different direction, uh, which is uh, it really hones in on Amy Ryan's character specifically. Uh, it is it's less about the story less about uh, the missing girl and more about the mother and, and her relationship to the, the issues and, and to the, uh, the investigation. It's told com almost completely from her perspective. And as new things and new details are revealed along the way of this, of this investigation and this journey, uh, which bring you know a lot more characters into the fray, into the circumstances and and the story itself gets bigger and bigger it remains focused on amy ryan and i really really liked that i think her situation and her uh, character is is very important very uh, nuanced very very three-dimensional uh, you know it's not just she wants to find her daughter it you know she is also juggling her job she's juggling the other daughters that she has she is dealing with uh, other parents who have gone through similar things she is dealing with the police 
and we see a lot of different sides to Amy Ryan throughout this film. And she carries the movie. She does so well in this. Uh, the other, the supporting cast, uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, Lola Kirk, Una Lawrence, Molly Brown, and, and some of the other women are really good. Uh, none of them stand out enough, uh, and not none of them are quite on Amy Ryan's level in this movie. I love Amy Ryan. I liked her in The Office. I liked her in Beautiful Boy a couple of years ago, and uh, she really does some of her best work here. Uh, then on the police side of things, you've got Gabriel Byrne, who is good, um, most probably notably he was in hereditary a few years a couple of years ago and uh, you also have dean winters who I, I guess you may know him from john wick but i guess you're probably more likely to know him for, as mayhem from the all-state commercials or uh, from brooklyn 99 he is the vulture plays a cop in this uh, he is the subservient cop to gabriel byrne and he, the two of them are, are just, they're not incapable, they're not incompetent, but they're slow to react. And I think that is a key aspect of this more than, than say, you know, a lot of the other movies that I've seen where it tries to depict the police as um, incompetent, uh, this is not like those. You know, it's not that they're bad at their jobs from a, from a quality standpoint, it is that they're bad at them from a, from a speed and urgency standpoint. You know, it's not like they're at the crime scene and overlooking and, and missing things. Uh, at least when we see them doing stuff, uh, we get a lot of sort of secondhand information that, oh, n you know, there was a security camera pointed at such and such location that Amy Ryan's daughter went through on the night she disappeared, and the police never thought to look at it. Uh, which, you know kind of screams incompetence, but you get more information, you get more details about these things, and it's not as clear-cut as it seems to be. Uh, there are other factors at play, there are other people uh, involved in this story who are on one side or the other pushing it. Uh, you know, Kevin Corrigan works with Amy Ryan, has a little more insight, a little more information about some of the people that are involved and, and could have been involved in her daughter's disappearance. Uh, and then you have uh, Reed Burney, who plays Peter Hackett, uh, who is on the opposite side, you know, he may or may not be directly involved with the situation, but he's working against it, and, and you know, for his own reasons. And so the film uh, isn't terribly, you know, it's not very mysterious, uh, while we don't actually know what happened until deep in, deeper into the film, a lot of, th a lot of things are uh, presumed, and you know, it's not a story that is going to truly shock you, at least it didn't with me for that reason, you know, it doesn't, as a mystery, I don't think it quite gets there, and as a thriller, I don't think it quite reaches that level either, it's not something I was, like, on the edge of my seat about, I wasn't, you know, gripping uh, the armrests of my chair, I wasn't, you know, concerned and, and worried, it was just, uh, just kind of procedural, kind of slow, kind of methodical, uh, you get occasional moments where Amy Ryan is yelling at Gabriel Byrne or somebody else, but all in all, it, it's a very tame mystery thriller, and it fears a lot closer to being just a pure drama over anything. Uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, I think, I wish she was involved more. If I if I could expand the lens of the film a little bit more, I would involve her uh, far, you know, closely closer to the number amount of. Uh, attention that Amy Ryan gets, which, 
uh, you know, is is what it is, and and I don't know if there was a, a desire for Liz Garbus uh, slash uh, Michael Werwey to condense the film and make it shorter, but you know, this narrative doesn't hold a lot of screen time. It's the characters that drive that, and. Uh, I guess if you were involving Thomas and Mackenzie, there's a chance that because the narrative would be slowed down even further, uh, the movie would kind of stall out. So maybe that was a concern. Maybe that was even a, uh, something that was tested at some point. But I would have liked to see her character elevated a little bit higher because I did like her. I thought she does a good job and just wish the character isn't written and developed enough to the point where Amy Ryan's was. Um... I don't know. I, I don't want to get into too deep into spoilers. I do think there are some th to be concerned about. Uh, I'm looking at the film. I like the film. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's bad. I, I like it. It's a solid, you know, 60-something. Uh, and I think I actually gave it a 66. Uh, so, solid film. Um, one of the, you know, better films I've seen this year. Although the bar is fairly low, and uh, it looks like the bar is going to get, you know, lower before it gets higher, given how few things are going to come out. Uh, I, I think Amy Ryan is splendid. I I put her um, in as one of my best lead performances of the year so far. I thought the direction is solid. I think that's worth a cur currently worth a nomination again. Small pool to pull from. Uh, Mackenzie, I have her in supporting. Uh, screenplay as well is in there. And, and, you know, but all these things, I could see none of them lasting until the end of the year. But uh, who knows? There may not even be enough films to, to fill the spots that they currently occupy. Uh, so that, you know, kind of is all I want to say about Lost Girls. I think it's worth checking out. It's not very long. It's about 90 minutes. And it's on Netflix. Uh, so what else are you going to do with your time? That being said, there are not a lot of things to be doing right now. And I want to kind of touch on some of the other Netflix movies I'm aware of uh, before, by, you know, towards the end of this. I'm looking, just a, looking ahead at the upcoming release schedule. Uh, next, this Saturday, or this Friday, so two days from now, we have The Platform, which I've heard things about. Uh, I've heard pretty good things about this from, uh, I think it was at uh, TIFF last year, debuted, and uh, it's kind of a horror, dystopia, sci-fi movie that has gotten some praise. Um, let's see, there's stuff coming out the following week, so March 27th. Uh, is something called Uncorked. I don't know anything about it. Doesn't look like it's going to be too worth looking into. April 3rd, you have a film called Coffee and Kareem, starring Ed Helms and Taraji P. Henson, and uh, Terrence Little Garden High. Garden High, I like that name. Uh, that's coming out April 3rd. And then... A little further here, we've got Sergio on April 17th, uh, which stars Ana de Armas. That could be something, April 17th. Um, you also have on... Ugh, 
April 17th, Earth and Blood, which is a French film coming to Netflix. There is Rising High, which is a, another foreign language film. It looks, I want to say, Swedish? Vict uh, I think it's Swedish. Question mark. Rising High, another film coming to Netflix. Uh, da, 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 da. Extraction with Chris Hemsworth, uh, produced by the Rousseau brothers, who, uh, you know, they did a little film called Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. So, I don't know. I mean, that's like the next month or so of, of Netflix releases. None of those seem particular. like, I'm going to watch them, but none of them seem particularly uh, outstanding, I guess, is, is the word I'm looking for. Uh, there is just, uh, we're still in this really weird spot where who knows like what good stuff is coming, who knows if any good stuff uh, is coming in the next couple of weeks and months. But I think after, you know, maybe April's gonna be kind of a slog, but I, I my personal thought is that by the time we get to May, uh, we'll have one, a better understanding of, of COVID-19 and, and how it's gonna affect the rest of the box office, how it's gonna affect the rest of our lives, uh, more specifically, uh, you know, Drive-in movie theaters are still probably going to be a thing, uh, given the fact that you can just stay in your car. So that might be something to be looking into. Uh, see if there's one near you. If you want to check out films at a theater or you know go see a movie. And uh, but the problem there is you know if there aren't other movie theaters besides drive-ins staying open, I don't know what studio is going to release their films to a drive-in theater alone. Uh, so most of them are probably going to start to be released on VOD. And hopefully by May we start to really get releases like that. And, you know, I think some of the smaller films are going to be able to do really well on, on these services. What else is anybody going to watch? I would be very surprised if any, you know, sort of tentpole blockbuster movie uh, ends up getting released that way. Uh, but I would have said that about Trolls. I think that is a movie that would have made enough money in theaters to you know, be worth sticking it, sticking it out for. But um, as of right now, VOD, uh, April April 10th. So that's kind of the, the, the landscape of film for the time being. And it is a pretty, pretty desolate wasteland. Uh, so like I said at the top of this, it might be this case where you know by the time we get to april i'm gonna to have to reduce to two episodes a week we will see uh it might be helpful since uh mid-april towards the end of april i will start doing uh, i have a <laughs> running my third season of survivor on discord uh and uh, my time will be a little more limited than it otherwise would be so we'll see uh, i'll keep everybody updated there will be three episodes a week as per usual through at least the end of march for sure and uh, we'll move on from there once I get to that point. And uh, hopefully with a little more clarity as to what's going to be coming, what's going to be happening, and, and what's going to be uh, impacted by this deadly, deadly virus. So stay inside. Don't, don't go out if you don't have to. Everyone's saying it, and it's absolutely true. And uh, do, your, do yourself and uh, everyone around you a favor.
So that's going to be it for today's episode. I want to thank you for listening. It does mean a lot. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can find them on circleoffilm.com. You can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, places where podcasts can be found. If at any reason, for any reason, uh, the, the episodes aren't working for you or you cannot find them, uh, they're almost all, they're all on the website. So check there second. And uh, if still something is wrong, let me know. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, I, at uh, Circle of Film. You can find me on Letterboxd at Circle of Film. You can find me, you can email circleoffilm at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, uh, I realize, you know, we're in a really re- weird situation. Um, money is kind of a thing, kind of an issue. Uh, so, you know, there's a Patreon, but again, like, no pressure. It's not at all necessary, and uh, definitely do not do it if you are already, you know, squeezing everything out of every dollar you have. But you can find the Patreon at patreon.com slash circle of film. I have to thank Brian for being such a generous, generous subscriber uh, to the show. It does mean a lot. And uh, thank the rest of you, uh, all of you, for listening. It is the most important thing you can do. Listen, like, rate, review, subscribe, tell somebody about it. What else are you going to do with your time off? Listen to, like, go through the backlog. There's like 400 and... What number of episode is this? Four, this? There are 491 episodes before this one. It's a lot of time to kill. Uh, thank you for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. Nothing's really left. Or lost without a trace Nothing's gone forever Only out of place So long, farewell Oh, what I'll be to say Wait a minute Wait a minute